one of the greatest gifts we have in the human race, but especially in recovery, is is the art and the ability to sit with somebody that courageously wrote out their fourth step. But sometimes we can get in our head, can't we? And we start focusing on the wisdom and the knowledge and the skill set uh, to this process that that ultimately can take us away from being present uh, with the person that's sharing. There is so much more value in our presence than, than any kind of skill or wisdom that we bring to the table. So today, I want to spend some time talking about the art and the gift, the privilege of sitting with someone as they share their fifth step. Welcome to Celebrate Recovery Official. This is a podcast that shares life change stories, courage, hope, and leadership wisdom centered around the Celebrate Recovery principles based on the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus is helping us to learn how to walk in happiness and blessing in spite of our circumstances, to not just find healing, but to find our calling and our purpose for our lives, to not waste those past hurts that we may have walked through in our life. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the Global Field Director of Celebrate Recovery. And hey, welcome. So glad to have you back on the podcast today. Hey, I've been chewing on this, uh, doing some, some local training with some community leaders, and it just got me thinking about... Uh, the fifth step and and how do we be present with people in their pain and what and one of those things as i mentioned uh, that can be so um, so powerful and uh, so life-giving is the process of the hearing and the listening uh, to the fifth step and and i think uh, as i mentioned this can be we can overcomplicate this can't we uh, we we can get in our head and and I, and I've talked to people uh, considering being a sponsor and it's like man I, I don't know if I have what it takes. By the way, if that's your posture, you're in a good uh, starting space. Uh, I'd rather have that posture uh, as long as it's not crippling and and keeping you from carrying out the mission that God's called you to. I'd rather have that than, man, I'm going to be an amazing sponsor. Uh, I, I've got so much experience and wisdom that this is going to really bless other people kind of thing. Um, not that you, it doesn't, but the posture is is important. But if you're in that place of feeling like, man, I just, I'm not skillful enough in this space. I don't know if I have enough wisdom. Uh, I just want to right out of the gate tell you that, that you're being with someone to be engaged with them in this this hard part of their story as they've written out their step four, principle four, and they're getting ready to share um, through this fifth step um, is is much more important than any skill that you could um, that you could have in this journey. That that being with someone is so much more important. Okay, it's it it is. Just take that in, <laughs> and hopefully that gives you a little bit of, um, I don't know, a little bit of encouragement, maybe some, some inspiration uh, to to carry carry this, um, this this uh, practice forward. So, a couple things um, 
one one what what are we talking about when we're talking about principle principle of, of five? Uh, we're actually, or excuse me, step step five in this in this process of of somebody sharing their inventory in in CR. We we it's combined into principle. Uh, four and five together, but but what we're in essence doing is we're creating a space uh, to share this, to confess to God and admit to another person. Um, if we can do this um, in this space, it, it can be a, a life giving thing uh, to help people to to walk in that newness of life because if i can if i can invite someone else into my story and and i think it's important just to kind of understand why do we do this is it so that we can just show the world how broken we are i I just i don't want to undermine the value of bringing our story bringing someone else into our story this is why um i think it's so important to you know we confess to god but as we talk about in Celebrate Recovery, we admit to another human being. And why would we want to do that? And let me say this out of the gate. we got to be clear that it's got to be a safe person. This is why we have sponsors, which is just a fancy word for mentor. Uh, having the ability to invite someone into our pain is such a life-giving process. Now, why would that be a life-giving process? And I want to unpack some of the ways that it can uh, be harmful or helpful as the receiving end. So um, if you're if you're a sponsor and you're feeling a little bit intimidated and feeling unskillful, maybe this will be helpful. But there's something that happens in our body when we can share our story. Now, sometimes people bring stories, their experience, and more often than not, there's going to be people in our life that have dropped us, that have let us down that have not been there for us in some really hard seasons or we've gone through some pain and and they weren't there you can call it little t big t trauma but it's just pain it's it's hurts that have a, a significant impact on us the key to trauma is i had something happen to me and someone that was supposed to be there for me wasn't that's a pretty big uh, impact on our life. I needed you and you weren't there. So a lot of that, the, the, the pain, the trauma that we're bringing into this space that we've written down and we've gone through the, the hard work of writ, writing it down. And by the way, if you've done that, congratulations. Uh, well done. Um, that, that's a big deal. But it's not enough just to write it down and have that conversation with the Lord. It's so critical to bring a safe person into that. And, and if you're that safe person that someone has asked you to uh, be invited into their, I call it the scary parts of our story, receive that as a gift. Uh, that, that means you are special. They see something uh, in you that, that is impactful. So I just wanna, want you to hear that loud and clear that that sharing it with someone is important, but if you're on the receiving end, uh, your your availability, your accessibility, your responsiveness and engagement with that person in that story is so much more important than any um, um, 
knowledge or wisdom or skill that you have to be able to be with them. And, and kindness is, is so key in that. Uh, Romans 2 says that it is kindness that leads to repentance. Sometimes we can, we can change that definition. God's kindness, God's kindness leads to repentance. We can change that too. It is, it is rules that leads to repentance. It is accountability that leads to repentance. And no, it's God's kindness. Now, that doesn't mean being nice and sweet all the time. And I'll talk about that here in just a second. But, but it's kindness that leads to repentance, kindness that leads to change and growth. And so as we're talking, as someone is sharing their story, your presence is way, way up on the radar. In fact, some of you have heard me talk about this before, but my grandkids, um, when they, I've got three grandkids now, and when they came into this world, uh, they they weren't interested in this, to get a little technical, the left part of my brain. That's the the words and the knowledge and the input side of what I know in my brain. Uh, this is how you walk in life and that kind of thing. The right side of their brain is actually looking for connection. They're looking for someone that will be there for them. Uh, Kurt Thompson says it this way, that everyone enters this world looking for someone, looking for someone. What does that mean? We have a longing inside of us to connect with someone that is actually looking for us. And my grandkids came into this world looking for someone that would be looking for them. And that's the way we're wired. We're wired for connection. And so having that that left part of my brain is valuable, but there's an appropriate time for that. And so the, the right side of my brain is that kind of that experiential connection side that's that right side of the brain is is what they see in the room when they're sharing their inventory. This is why it's so important. If you are in a space where you got a, a, an appointment scheduled with your sponsee, um, really on both sides, if if you have gotten no sleep, you're overworked, you've had a crazy week, and it doesn't feel like you could be fully present in the sharing or present in the the receiving, I would postpone it. Now, don't use that as an excuse not to do it, but but be realistic with that. If you're not in a space where you can really be fully present with that right side of our brain, that that side that is, hey, I'm here with you, I see you, I want to catch you in this space, and on the re, on the giving end of that, I'm, I want to connect with this part of my story. Uh, not just a just a checklist. I think too often I I hear people look at this process as a, just a checklist. I wrote it out. All right, I'm going to share it and let's move on, so I can say I did it. Okay, you happy? <laughs> no, there is a process, and and let me just say there's a physiological uh, process of impact that has on our hearts on our minds, on our bodies when we can invite, when we can get vulnerable and real with someone and that other someone is fully present with us in that, um, that's a game changer. So here's the thing I want to tell you. So go into it ready to make some space for that. If you're on the receiving end, um, be aware of 
your right side because their right side of their brain is trying to connect with your right side. Now, I know this sounds weird, but we're, we're trying to connect with that part of ourselves as we allow someone else to connect with us in that part of ourselves, in that part of our story. And I can say, let me give you a practical example of this. Some parts of my story I'm so ashamed of. And I remember the first time I shared about some atrocious things that I did and when I was homeless and I was living and hanging out with um, a drug dealer. And some of the things that I did in my ruckus days, uh, my rambunctious days, I'm ashamed of. And, and when I spoke those things out loud, I can still see my sponsor sitting on the stump. We were sitting outside. I was on a bench and he was sitting on a stump. We were sitting outside in kind of a park, um, open area place. But I can still see his body language. And it was terrifying to get these words out of my body. But here's what I saw in him. He was fully present. Had he said the words, um, if I said, I feel so ashamed of this, for example, and he said, you shouldn't feel ashamed about that. Um, If I see in his body a different message, his, his body, his facial expressions, which by the way, the majority of communication, I think it's depending on who you ask about 95% of our communication is the nonverbal. If I would have seen in his body, in his facial expressions, something that rubbed counter to what his words were saying, um, I would have believed the nonverbal, the, the, the covert communication, you could say a way, way heavier than the the overt communication. So here's the thing. Am I fully present with them? Because I I want to be able to tell you about my shameful things. By the way, I think it's good when somebody says something, just sit with that. Um, let them Let them process that. I think there is a space to be able to speak into that. I'll talk about that more in a little bit. But um, we don't have to shut that down. Well, you shouldn't feel sad, you know. Um, we, we can honor that space, but I just wanted to make the point that not lose the illustration, my words, you are not shameful. If, if my covert, my body, my facial expressions, uh, say something different, then it's not going to land for, for that person's heart. And guys, when, when I get a different message from you as the receiver, uh, healing is stifled. But if I get the opposite and I see in your body, your facial expression, um, that you are with me and you don't see me as shameful, that's where change happens. Let me get a little nerd out on you here a little bit. You know, there's like four, I think it's 42 muscles in your face and those muscles in your face are connected with your nervous system that really are kind of connected with that limbic system. And it's where we get our emotions and our survival and all that stuff. When, when those muscles are working, uh, it's connected to our own nervous system and it's communicating something. And so those mirror neurons, the mirror neurons are so important. And, And I like to explain these as like little catcher's mitts. 
when I share something with you, it's like in your brain, you've got catcher mitts in your mirror neurons and through your eyes. And it's like I'm throwing over my pain to you and you're catching them. And if I feel through the overt and the covert communication that you're catching me in that space, something changes. Something changes in us. So, so being mindful that, 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 and hopefully this brings some encouragement. I'm, I'm going to talk about, you know, what if we get that wrong? I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but the left side of your brain is not as critical in this. The words that you say, although there is a place for that, is not as valuable or important in that moment as the right side that's just my body language, my facial expressions, the way I'm looking you in the eye, the way I'm telling you I'm with you and I'm not going anywhere. I want to take a, a quick a break right here so that we can uh, uh, talk about a couple other things. But when I come back, I want to pick up with that and um, yeah, just continue that conversation on what it, what it means to be on the receiving end of this important Uh, sacred space of hearing another person's story. So stick with me. I'll be right back. Hey friends, if you're looking for an online meeting, please go to celebraterecovery.com and join us every Wednesday at noon Pacific time for an online global open share group. It's a short Devo and testimony. And then we split up into gender specific groups. We'd love to have you join us every Wednesday, noon Pacific for more information and the link Go to CelebrateRecovery.com and join us this Wednesday. We'd love to have you join us. Hey, friends, I'm back. I just wanted to uh, finish that thought there uh, that, that our, our, um, our nonverbal is so much uh, more critical than, than the, the uh, verbal in those mirror neurons. If I feel like you're catching me in that space by your presence, um, it's a game changer. And that's the thing, that, that our nonverbal, uh, with our words, we can say, and, and we've done this, right? You know, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing really good. But if, if my tone is different, I'm doing really good. Uh, my facial expression says something else. I can lie with my lips, but my face always, always that, that nonverbal always tells the truth. Um, because here's the thing, it, it, it truly is involuntary. (laughs) It's unedited. We don't have a, we don't have an opportunity to, to, um, to correct that. So, uh, there, there's something that, that has to has to be communicated. And I just want you to feel the presence, uh, the understanding of your presence in that space of just being fully present. That's why silence those phones, be fully engaged, make sure you're removing distractions. This is why being in a space that is quiet, that doesn't have people walking in the restaurant every two minutes, that causes you to turn your head and look at who comes through the door. If you, if you can't do that, sometimes my ADD kicks in and I, I have to see everybody that walks through the door and do I know who's coming in kind of thing. So I have to be in a quiet space. So I don't want anything to take me away from being present with you in, in your story. So here's the, here's the key thing. If I'm struggling with this, 
Uh, I need to, I need to, if I'm on the receiving end, and this is just so important for us uh, as the, the sponsor or the, or the person that they're being entrusted with the story. If you find yourself as you're entering into, you're fully present with someone that's talking about things that happen, the damage, the effect, and, and things that they've done as a result that sometimes are shameful, right? Sometimes are horrific, um, that are awful. I heard someone say this um, one time that if, if awful, if we break down that word, it should bring us to awe. Like, ugh. And, and it should bring us full of awe. If we're experiencing awful, it should hit us that way. So you're human and it's going to hit you in a certain way. We can't act like it's not going to impact us. But how do I keep myself regulated in this space? Because if I get anxious in this space or I start to shut down because I start going into my own story, uh, that, that, can, that can cause me to leave that person um, that needs to be tended to. So how do I self-regulate myself? So I'm, I'm focusing on my own breathing. How's this hit my body as I'm hearing the story? What's coming up for me? And, and how do I stay present? And, and a lot of times I'm praying through that as I'm, as I'm listening to the other person so that um, I can stay present with them. So what's, what's happening in my own body in that space? Um, and here's the thing. Sometimes we have to, in that regulation, um, pay attention to what's happening to the person that is sharing. If, if I've had an experience, and I've had multiple stepfathers in this situation, even my mom, um, some situations with that, where people have always left me. They, they've, I've, they've, I've never had experience, if, if this is a person, they've had many, multiple, maybe not ever, but, but multiple experiences where people have left us in our pain it would make sense that they would be a little hesitant to bring um, you, uh, bring to your attention if it feels like you're leaving them as the receiving end. So on the receiving end, what's good is I'm, is I'm fully attuned to you and I'm engaged with you and I'm responsive in this process. I wanna pay attention to what's happening in the muscles in your face. If something shifts, it looks like you know you you're kind of going at something shifted as you're sharing, and it feels like now you're just trying to get through it. Um, I want to kind of lean into that and and just pause on that. And it may not be anything, but I want to check in. It's like, hey, could I interrupt you for just a second? Something shifted there with you. I just noticed in your body language, and I want to make sure. Um, that you're okay. What, where are you right now? Does it feel like, do you feel like I'm with you right now? I want to make sure that I didn't just leave you. And maybe it says, Hey, I kind of checked out for a second. My mind went, went somewhere else. Um, and I just need to, I need to reset here. I'm sorry. I kind of left you. Did you feel that? I kind of checked out on you. You probably saw my eyes kind of go away. Have you ever been in a conversation where you're talking to someone, even in a very simple setting, 
and it just feels like they just went to another planet. <laughs> it's like, hello. And what, what happens to you? It's like those mirror neurons just said, oh, the catcher's mitts just closed and you're dropping every ball coming your way. What happens in your body when that happens, when you're on the receiving end of that or when you're on the giving end of that, but you're receiving this message that they've just left you? It actually causes you to start questioning what you're sharing. Is this too much? Maybe I don't need to talk about this. It's like, oh, they think differently of me. And so what happens typically is we start shutting down. We start shutting down what we're sharing. And so there's such beauty in in repairing um, if we miss a tune in that space. And that's, that's the cool thing. And guys, this is with all relationships. I talk to people and couples when I'm counseling couples. It's not that you're going to, you're not going to miss each other. It's what do you do when you miss each other? It's like, ah, time out. What just happened there? I lost you. I did something. I kind of, you know what? I, that came out wrong or, you know, I was harsh with you. And, and I know that probably hurt you. Did it hurt you? Hey, can we reset? I, I kind of left the building. I started thinking about work and you were sharing something important and it kind of took me into something, uh, my own stuff. And I need to, I need to reset. Can I, can we come back to that? And, and that's the art of repair. And that that's through relationships. It, it's not that we're going to not going to have conflict is can we repair when we have conflict and guys in this scenario, as we're sharing uh, hard parts of our story, it's a great opportunity to reset and say, Hey, I, I, I just went away for a second timeout. You're saying something so important and I'm so sorry. I want to be present, but I checked out on you. Here's the thing. You are a human being on the receiving end. Don't be afraid to be human. <laughs> and if something happens in your humanness and you miss them, instead of just pushing through and watching them shift and stop being present with their own story, Reset, because here's the thing. It's not enough just for me to, to speak out loud these parts of my story. I need to be in my story. And, and the inventory takes us into our story. That's why we will see tears, because we become that little girl. We become that little boy that was being hurt um, on that playground or in that bedroom or in that workplace setting or whatever that is, we're going back to that place and we're, we're entering into that part of our story that needs to be felt and we, it needs to be experienced because if I can go back and honor that part of me and that part of my story, it will actually bring growth. And that's why we do the, the sharing of our inventory so that we can go back and, and be present with that part of our story. And then, and then maybe for the first time in our life, experience what it's like to be caught. And, and that's where the shift happens. When I see my story being tossed over to you, it becomes a game changer because now I know someone is there for me. Even if my experience to this point has been that no one is there for me, um, I start to experience what it's like to be caught. That's the value of relationships. We need uh, each other in that space. So, so I'm going to stop there for this episode. I'm going to do a part two on this, but hopefully there's some, some food for thought there as we, 
as we have this conversation around the, the being present with people in the fifth step um, and, and the value of just your presence. And it's not about my skill, but it's about my presence and, and the ability to um, stay, stay uh, aware of what's happening in my body so that I don't leave you. And if I do leave you, uh, mentally, emotionally, reset and come back into the conversation so that we don't just grind it out in this, this fifth step process. Well, it's a lot to take in. Uh, whether you're on the receiving end or, or the, the giving end, I just want you to hear this loud and clear. God created us for connection. And there's something powerful about owning and leaning into the parts of our story that had us stuck so that we can live out our purpose, not just experience healing, but to experience that, that purpose, that calling that God's not going to waste the hurts. If we'll, if we'll lean into those parts of our story, God will bless it and he'll use it for his glory. For more information about Celebrate Recovery to find a meeting near you, go to CelebrateRecovery.com. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Until then, next time, God bless.